Welcome to BYU Radio's Big Stories, a show dedicated to the incredible tales surrounding the opponents of the BYU Cougars. I'm your host, Cleon Wall. It's a story that's never happened before and never happened since. Legendary University of Oklahoma football coach Barry Switzer could spin a yarn or two about the guys he's coached, but there is one story that is special to him. You can't name me a school that's had three brothers start at the same time, side by side, and all make all America and uh, accomplish what they did, win the games that they won. And we're a dominant force in college football, and uh, so I've always wanted that story told, and I wanted it always to live. This story is much more than the play of three amazing football players. It's about three astounding men, their family, and the Oklahoma Sooner community that came together to honor them. The Selman Brothers story, uh, yes, it is, it is a story, but I want people to understand the stuff that is more than a story, it's something that really happened. The University of Oklahoma loves its football team and honoring the best of the best. Someone got the idea 20 years ago, 15 years ago, hey, let's, let's honor the heritage of Oklahoma football. OU does not retire jersey numbers. They figure they got too many stars. They run out of numbers. This is Barry Trammell, a columnist for the website Sellout Crowd and a longtime Oklahoma resident. So somebody said, let's do, let's do, uh, let's do statues of like our Heisman winners. Heisman Park is just east of Gaylord Family Oklahoma Memorial Stadium. They're up to seven, and they had a pretty hard line. Only Heisman Trophy winners are going to get their statue. I made this point in private, just talking to people. I said, you know, if you're going to put up a statue of somebody with Oklahoma football, the Selman brothers trump a Heisman Trophy. And just last year, the university unveiled a statue of Lucius Dewey and Leroy Selman just to the north of Heisman Park. The sculpture shows the brothers in their football uniforms standing next to each other and looking off into the distance. We got it done. Barry Switzer has been championing the idea of the Selman Brothers statue since 2011. It means a lot to me that they are recognized and that their story told and their story will live on. Their story just resonates with people of, of the responsibility and the respectability and just the, just the class that they conduct themselves with and also the great football, of course. Their football legacy is bronzed, but the Selman brothers did not grow up dreaming of becoming football stars. Lucius and Jesse Selman raised nine children on a farm just outside of the small town of Eufaula, Oklahoma. Lucius II and Dewey were children number seven and eight. It was such a small house that we were in. Where the four rooms? Four rooms. Four, four rooms. That's counting the kitchen. They knew how to raise everything from food to cattle to pigs to feed us. We didn't have a bicycle, we had a horse. We had horses. We had mules. And if we wasn't riding them for recreation, we was walking behind them working. Lucius was the oldest of the three youngest boys. Mom and dad often told me I was the leader uh, of the three. And then when they start looking at things, I would be the one get chewed out. You did this, you did that. They wouldn't have did that if it wouldn't have been for you. And I'm sitting there thinking, hmm, that's probably right. Lucius and baby brother Leroy were always in trouble with their parents. Leroy just would not, he, he just could not fathom the idea that his bigger brother, older brother, would tell him something to do that wasn't 
right and everything. Dewey kind of got to where he would kind of figure it out on his own. Mm, I don't think I want to do that. <laughs> Despite boyhood shenanigans, the trio learned valuable lessons from their mom and dad. Things like love and family and trusting your fellow man, being able to reach out and help. They would sit us down and tell us stories. Stories not about us, what they've done, but tell us stories about uh, what other people have done in their lives, how God impacted their life. And they wanted us to learn that early on. And it was something that we took to heart. One of Mama's favorite slogans was, don't tell me what you're going to do. Tell me what you did. We're just a humble family brought up by two humble parents that knew God. Mm -hmm. And they instilled that in us. But their parents didn't teach them the game of football. We didn't care about football. Football would come on television, and we chose just to turn the TV off and get out of there, <laughs> get out of the house. Then a football coach spotted Lucius running around the track one day at school and thought he could turn him into a football player. So he asked Lucius to come lift some weights. And he put it up there, and I didn't know what I was doing. I just got up under the bar, and I lift what he put on the end. He put some more on there, and I'd lift that. And he said, I don't have a high school kid that can lift that much weight. <laughs> and I'm in the eighth, I'm going into the eighth grade. <laughs> the coach wanted Lucius to play football, but Lucius didn't think his mom and dad would go for it. Jesse believed the boys were busy enough on the farm, and she didn't want them to get injured. Eventually, both parents gave in, and Lucius started packing around a pigskin. Football early was a sacrifice that mom and dad made. The bus is gone with the, that we normally would catch to go home. And so they would have to drive, you know, five miles, six miles back over until you follow to pick us up and take us home. That was an expense that they really could have did without. Lucius took to the game, but Dewey and Leroy were not so easily convinced. Lucius gave us the right words when Leroy and I said, well, this game is not for us. He'd come in the middle of the night that first year. Go over and try it one more day, one more day. Go try it one more time. <laughs> so we said, okay. So we go, we try practice again. We come back, Lucius, that's crazy. <laughs> Stay home and feed the cows. No, go over there, try it one more day, one more day. You can do it, you can do it. Okay, so we go over. Then after a while, it's not that bad, I guess. And then it gets a little month down the road. Hey, I kind of like playing with my friends. Then after a while, I said, I think I get serious. Let's try and play. <laughs> so it, it was an amazing experience. Leroy was the best athlete of the trio. Leroy was so well blessed with talent, blessed with strength, blessed with speed, blessed with balance, blessed with mind. And above all that, he's blessed with a spirit that's unbelievable. And put that together and stuff, he was the most balanced athlete I've ever seen on a football field. Lucius was the oldest, though, and the first to be recruited. Oklahoma assistant coach Larry Lacewell went to talk to him at the boys' high school. So the principal would say, I'll, go, I'll call for him to come up and say hello to you. So he got me out of class, and I come up there. I'm shocked. Oh, you coach? He was looking at me like, <laughs> Lucius? <laughs> we both was not impressed with each other. <laughs> coach Lacewell... Uh, now, he was smart. He said, now, them two brothers of his, they're younger than him, but they, he, they're bigger. <laughs> and so he decided, I'd recruit uh, 
uh, one, I might end up getting all three of them and everything. I did want to do it, Leroy, to come to where I was. The reason why I chose Oklahoma is 110 miles from my home. It would give Dewey and Leroy, mom and dad, if they wanted to, an opportunity to come up and see me. Mm -hmm. I just could not cut ties with these guys. I think the decision to come to Oklahoma University was one that for us, for me and Leroy, see, we, we had the doors already open. We had Lucius here, players we knew, coaches we knew, and it had developed into a sense when you come to University of Oklahoma at length of time, for us, it felt kind of like family still. The Selmans wreaked havoc on opposing Big 8 defenses. Here again is former head coach Barry Switzer. When the Selman brothers played at Oklahoma, we were 54-3-1, three undefeated seasons. We won two national championships back-to-back. I remember in 1974 when we were undefeated national champions. We scored 473 points and only had 92 scored on us. We started playing a def defensive front eight dropping and only rush three. And someone asked us, uh, who invented that defense? <laughs> and our defensive coordinator, Larry Lacewell, said, Mrs. Selman. <laughs> Lucius not only remained the leader of the three brothers, but a leader on the team. Coach Switzer remembers a time when Lucius discovered a football player was stealing from fellow teammates. He got a key, went in the guest guy's room. This guy was a kleptomaniac and opened the door and went in his closet and there was a lot of stuff people were missing. Well, he waited on the guy to get Bo come back. And when the guy came back to the room, he said, pack your bags and, and I'm taking you to the bus station. I bought a one-way ticket back to Houston and, and, uh, and we don't want you around here. And about three days later, I'm out there in the field. I got all the guys up and I said, hey, where, where is so-and-so? I hadn't seen him in three days. Anybody know what's happened to him? And no one said anything. And finally, Lucius stood up to his coach He's went back to Houston. He said, why did he do that? Because I bought him a ticket to go. <laughs> hey, we don't want him here. I said, okay. <laughs> so, so that's uh, how I believed in Lucius and the type of person he was. That, that uh, great leader and a great person and uh, took responsibility and leadership himself. The Selman's amazing success continued after each of them were named All-Americans at Oklahoma. Lucius played in the World Football League and then got into coaching. Dewey was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers' second-round draft pick in 1976 and played six years in the NFL before going on to different educational and business ventures. Leroy was drafted number one overall by the Buccaneers in 1976 and was eventually elected to both the college and pro football halls of fame. The Selman siblings' football acumen was impressive, but how they influenced people off the field was awe-inspiring. I mean... You run into Dewey at the grocery store, and he just he just charms you with with talk about uh, your life and his, and and just just things about about living on planet Earth. This again is columnist Barry Trammell. Dewey's family, he raises four kids, uh, and then he starts adopting more. I got evicted from my uh, childhood bedroom when I was in college because my parents adopted three kids from Liberia, West Africa. Zach Selman is Dewey's son. I think me and my, some of my sisters were like, oh, you're going to adopt three more kids? But that's their heart. So they adopted three kids sight unseen. Zach is also Mississippi State's athletic director. 
I didn't know about the, the football success. And they never talked about football. It was always about um, how are you doing in school? How's your faith? Like, what are you doing for other people? My dad was a philosophy major, um, and he, I, I always wanted to get spankings if I got in trouble, but he would give us lectures. And so I think it was always like controlling your mind and b kind of really building yourself from within. So I've always had, uh, I think, a depth to me because of him. Um, and then after college, I didn't know exactly what I wanted to do. But luckily, I had my uncle Leroy, who had previously been the athletics director at the University of South Florida. And I remember going to Tampa growing up and seeing what he was doing, building that football program. And I also had Uncle Lucius, who was a longtime football coach. Lucius and Dewey both felt that Leroy was the best of the triumvirate and not just on the football field. It's his heart and his humility and his love and his caring that identifies him. That if you were in need, he would want to satisfy that need. If he was hungry, he would want to feed you. If you needed someone to talk to, he wanted to talk to you. If you needed love, he would give you that in a heartbeat. He would tell you this, don't be like me. I want you to be the very best of what God made you to be. I don't hesitate to say I wish I, I could have been like him. <laughs> but he was such a nice guy and when he went on to be with the Lord and everything, uh, had to be one of the saddest days of my life. Leroy died in 2011, days after having a stroke. I really didn't think I would make it. You know, I, I just had to, to I, I kind of go from hour to hour. I really think the good Lord said, there's a young man there on earth has did a lot of good things for a lot of people. He just didn't keep his success for himself. And probably did about all he can do on earth so when we just bring him on up here where we are and let him do some good things up here. I think God blessed them with a unique set of gifts and talents that they probably didn't even realize they had growing up. They were such class gentlemen. They were great leaders. Not just leaders of the football team, but sort of guiding lights in, in the state of Oklahoma. And not just football heroes, but, you know, uh, human, human heroes. People that, hey, I want to be like those. I love those guys. Let's live our lives like those guys live. The Selman brothers are humbled by the statue near the stadium. Dewey believes it represents so many good things. It's a statue that represents all nine children of Lucius and Jesse Selman. It represents my mom and dad who struggled there for all those years and who found, even in their toil and their struggles, they found still yet joy and hope each day. Yeah, it represents our family, not just the three Selman brothers, but the whole family is involved. No person, no three people move forward without the help of a whole bunch of other people. That statue represents all the players who played here at Oakland University, their families. It represents their faith. I want them to see that. And if you look deep inside that statue, I hope you see the blessings of God himself. Not for just three guys who played football, but for each family who ever played, for each family who didn't play, that if we all would look at ourselves, look past ourselves, we see the greatest blessing, and that is Jesus Christ himself. Thanks for listening to BYU Radio's Big Stories. It's produced and written by me, Cleon Wall. Music and post-production by Kevin West. 
Make sure you watch BYU TV's Big Stories by logging on to BYUSN.com. Big Stories is a production of BYU Radio.